welcome back to the Bob Squad Pod. This is episode 29, and we have Manny with us this week. Manny, what's up, dude? What's up, my friend? How you doing on this uh, this Friday, which I'm still trying to figure out what that press conference was for the Eagles' new head coach. Um, let me just say for Rams fans, thank God you got McVay, because this guy here sounded like he was not prepared. He had nine days to, you know, read, you know, to go through the owners and whatnot and the, and the whole organization to figure out what to say. And my God, <laughs> I mean, I, I am just in, in shock of how that went today, but yeah, we're going to talk a little is. Eagles a little later on in the podcast, but, uh, I did catch the, the clip that's circling around. It's kind of doing that thing that happened to Adam Gase when he had his introductory press conference with the Jets when everyone immediately was like, what the hell is this guy doing? What's with his eyes? Like That was the whole thing that just kind of stuck with him through his whole tenure is this guy's a weirdo. And I kind of have a feeling that's going to happen with this guy's tenure because I did see the clip that's circulating around Twitter right now. And uh, if you haven't seen it, it's basically 40 seconds of a guy stuttering, stumbling, losing all confidence like it wasn't a good look so um yeah we'll see how that goes I I will say it's his first time being a head coach so obviously he's probably super nervous um so I'll give him a little bit of leeway there but man if you're making your introductory press conference and you're trying to (laughs) establish you're the guy and show all the doubters that you know the eagles made the right decision that is like manny said you're not feeling too good about that right about now especially if you compare it to the press conference i think we saw last week with dan campbell taking over for Mm -hmm. the lions where Mm -hmm. his press conference was basically him talking for 20 minutes nonstop (laughs) and just like (laughs) Yeah, and just giving us these crazy analogies about biting people's kneecaps and, like, I mean, that was crazy. That was a show in and of itself. And then the one that Nick Sirianni had today was uh, quite the opposite. So, yeah, yeah, um, best of luck going forward, Eagles fans. Um, (laughs) Thanks, We're going to – yeah, yeah. Hey, well, like I said, we're going to get to the Eagles in a minute and uh, you can do some venting. I, I I think we I feel like we haven't had you on in a while, so I'm sure you've got some stuff you want to get off your chest. Yeah, um, Nick, but let's get to the more juicy stuff that happened in the last couple of days. Right. I mean, my God, <laughs> it's go. um, I I'll stop short of calling it a shit show, but um. I, uh, the, the disrespect that Goff continues to keep getting, I just don't get it. I really don't. And first it started off with McVeigh making all of his comments, which I thought were super suspect. And then GM Les Snead has a press conference. He basically just throws more gas on the fire. And mm-hmm. at this point, if I'm Goff, I don't even want to be in LA. That's just me personally. If I was Jared Goff, And I looked around me and I saw a coach and a GM and a front office that didn't like me or didn't value me. I wouldn't even want to be there. That's just me, though. Mm -hmm. But in case you guys didn't hear what he had to say, he was asked point blank if Goff was, you know, going to be on the team next year. And he said, quote, not going to get into specifics on those. That's the beautiful mystery of the future. 
Jared Goff is a Ram at this moment. It's way too early to speculate. And before I read the next part of the quote, a lot of very keen observers noted that that beautiful mystery line that he put in there was the same line that Aaron Rodgers said in his press conference after Green Bay was eliminated from the playoffs. So a lot of people are connecting dots there and they're trying to see, wait a minute, is there something going on here? Are we getting into Aaron Rodgers territory? We'll get to that in a minute. But the next part of the quote is, quote, moving on from Jared Goff, the money we've invested, that isn't easy to overcome, but anything can be done in a cap-based system. So he's telling you point blank that as of this moment, Jared Goff is our quarterback, which is not a ringing endorsement by any means, and anything is possible in a cap-based system. So again, not ruling out the possibility of trading him at all. There's zero vote of confidence in those words. So I don't think we had you on when we had this discussion about McVeigh's comments. So I'll mm-hmm. ask you now, based on what McVeigh said and what Sneed said, where are you at right now, Manny? I mean, it's it's quite clear that it feels like golf is in the ring with Sneed and with McVeigh. And right now it feels it's like a two-on-one, right? And it's so unfortunate because, you know, this quarterback has, you know, let's be honest here. The pressure was already there from the get-go, right? First overall pick, big city, um, you know, and then obviously, guess what? You make it to the Super Bowl with this, you know, head coach and quarterback combo. You want, you know, as a Rams fan, you want to see more. You want to expect more. And then all of a sudden you see these comments of less need. I mean, I'm sorry, but when you're a general manager of a team and you basically say, but anything can be done in a cap-based system, that to me tells me that, you know, I highly doubt that's for trade bait, but that's basically saying this can't be done. You yeah. know, you know, like getting rid of Jared Goff, you know, it's not going to be, an, you know, a total issue. And it's unfortunate because I saw the whole mess that was with the Eagles with Carson Wentz and Doug Peterson. But yet Doug Peterson was thrown underneath the bus because he was the head coach. Right. But we all know who called the shots there. It wasn't Doug Peterson. It wasn't Doug Peterson who benched Carson Wentz, okay? It was the the owner, Lurie, and Howie Roseman, and with Doug in the room, all three of them got together, and of course, Doug's going to do what the owner wants. But yet, this whole thing became what, well, you know, Doug benched Carson Wentz for Jalen Hurts. It wasn't Doug Peterson that drafted Jalen Hurts. It was Howie Roseman, right? So, again, to, to go back to this particular uh, situation, I think, yes, did Jared Goff had mental lapses in games this season? Yes. Did, could he have played better? Yes. But I truly also now see this side of it because I've always been, you know, Nick, the whole, you know, my side has always been, you know, if coach sees it that way, then I'm going to trust in him, right? But now it's quite clear that it's not only coach, it's a coach GM against their, against the, against the franchise quarterback. And that's a serious problem especially when it comes to the NFL, okay? So it's un- it's unfortunate because I feel like golf, he proved to you in the game at Seattle that, guess what? He still has something to prove, right? And obviously, I didn't give my takes on the last game of the season against Green Bay, but I felt like the play calling was just crap, right? So once again, it, I don't feel like it was all on golf. But now it's quite clear that this team – has two simple messages. It's either one, we're, we're going to have to fix golf situation 
in a trade bait situation, you know, right? Like we're going to have to kind of say that, you know, yeah, we've, we've invested in him. He's been our quarterback, a Super Bowl run, blah, 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 blah. And then on the other hand, but, you know, we can trade him, you know, easily without having any issues, right? And that to me is not right. Is not right. I'm yeah, sorry. You I, don't treat I, you don't treat a quarterback of his caliber like this, and it's unfortunate. It's very unfortunate because I, 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 you know, I, I haven't been on golf side, you know, all season. It's always you know, and you know me. I've always been. You know what? If McVeigh believes in golf, then I'm with him. If he doesn't, then I'm with him. But now, you know, when you see the other side of the fence, and it's like, man, like things like this during a season, which no offense. You know, I feel like the defense all of a sudden has showed its true colors that it could be great. Yes, you lost your defensive coordinator, but I'm sure Coach McVeigh will find somebody to to replace that. And then the only issue was offense. So my only thing is, does McVeigh and Snead now see this as, hey, let's get rid of golf and let's bring in a proven a proven quarterback that wants to win like Matthew Stafford? You know, let's bring somebody else in that's been there, proven, that could come fit right into the system right now, right away, and make us a Super Bowl winning team. Because they know they have the defense. The question is all become now, what is the offense? Yeah, it's really weird because I've said this whole this whole podcast that we've had, I've said that Jared Goff, while not great, he's not terrible. And mm-hmm. I will agree with anyone that says he had an off year. I'm not going to say he had a bad year because he didn't. He had an off year, and athletes are allowed to have off years, even if you're paid a lot, even if you're a number one overall pick. You're not. You shouldn't be expected to be perfect every single year. So, I I feel like it is really disrespectful, and I don't understand where this is all coming from. You can make the argument that everyone's using the Buccaneers as the example right now because the Buccaneers basically sold out for this season got rid of Jameis Winston, brought in Tom Brady, and now they're in the Super Bowl. So everyone's using the Buccaneers as an example and saying, look, if you just sell out and you can you make a Super Bowl run, yeah, mm-hmm. you can, but how much of the future are you mortgaging at the same time? And but if you win that title though, Nick, what does it matter? Right? If you win that if 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 you win one championship out of let's say Tom Brady plays three seasons, correct? If you win that one championship, I'm sorry, like that to me is all that matters. If you make it, you don't win it. Okay, then you got to start asking yourself, was it worth risking all of it? Well, I would say you would probably be able to answer this question. As an Eagles fan, you got your Super Bowl, but now your mm-hmm. team is kind of in shambles. Oh. So, <laughs> so I've never seen it. <laughs> yeah, so, read. <laughs> yeah, so I'm just saying mortgaging the future for one Super Bowl, you kind of have to weigh the pros and cons. It's great winning a championship and that's not even a given. It's it's in another world and another possibility. They bucks could have signed Tom Brady and they could have not made the playoffs. Like we don't know what's going to happen going forward. Obviously it's paying off this year because they're going to the Super Bowl and they can win. But mm-hmm. I'm just saying it's not always in the best interest to just mortgage your future for you know, a flash in the pan or one year of this guy or two years of this guy, Jared Goff is still really young. And I don't think we've seen the best of his ability yet. So, um, it is what it is at this point. And it's quite, and, and, and it's also quite clear that so far, um, you know, besides Carson Wentz, which other quarterbacks were in that class, right? It was Goff. It was Wentz. Uh, I don't, 
I don't have the list in front of me, but I know there was a couple other guys in there. But I think Goff and Wentz were the the big names. I want to say there's one other person we might be forgetting. Dak Prescott, right? Yeah, Dak, Dak Prescott, Prescott was in that draft as well. Dak yeah. Prescott was in that as well. Um, but listen, like, listen, I think that Jared overall, right, has had the most success out of it so far. I'm not saying that Dak, you know, because Dak hasn't won yet any playoff games. Um, oh, yeah. If you, Jared, if you go off based off... If you go based off the numbers, I'm pretty sure if I remember this right, since 2017, Goff has 47 wins. He's got he's got two Pro Bowls, I believe. He's got the Super Bowl appearance. He won a road playoff game in Seattle with nine fingers. I mean, the yeah, guy that, has got that down. has to count for something. That has to count yeah, for something. It really does. I mean? And it's, you know, and it's like you go to all these teams, right? Then they need a quarterback right now. A healthy Jared Goff on the market. I'm sure as well teams will be paying, you know, and and signing him to a multi-year contract, right? Because the, the kid is still young. He still has so much to learn, and the potential is there. It's not like Carson Wentz, right, where in 2017 he had a great season, but he had, then he had an injury, but we didn't see him in the playoffs. And then the last two seasons, he's played okay. He's made the playoffs, but, yeah, he hasn't been healthy. And then the one year he was finally fully healthy, okay? I mean, I don't know if you read the article a couple of weeks back, um, you know, of this writer in in um in the Eagles camp, Carson Wentz was throwing away plays because he wasn't happy. I mean, I'm sorry, like <laughs> like this whole thing of Jared Goff not of Jared Goff, you know, getting looked at as the person that's the negative one in the room has to like you know go away, man, because that's not the case at all, man. But yeah, and I know. think people forget in 2018. The Rams on a Monday night in the Coliseum outdueled Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. And Nobody remembers that. And Jared Goff had a f- phenomenal game that that game. They ended up I think the final score it was an absolute shootout. It was like 53 to 51 or some crazy number. Um but I'm saying that just to say that this team or this offense, this coaching staff, Sean McVay and these guys are capable of doing a lot. We've already seen it. So it's just weird that all of a sudden they're willing to throw that all away. Uh, But as we've saw in previous seasons with their moves with uh, cutting Todd Gurley and trading Brandon Cooks, this franchise is totally okay with dead cap money and, and, and eating money. So for me personally, I... I feel like if Jared Goff is the starter week one next year, I would be shocked. I would be absolutely shocked. I, I think there's at this point, just reading the writing on the wall, I'd say there's a 0% chance he's our starter week one. Um, and what's really crazy is he hasn't even played a single snap under his four year, $134 million extension that he signed. So, and again, that's not a Jared Goff problem. That's a front office problem. If you have an issue with Jared Goff making that much money, you need to talk to Les Snead and his boys because that's a front office issue. It's not the player's fault that his agent got him paid. That's not a Jared Goff problem. Um, well, the same thing as the whole Wentz thing, right? I mean, you have all these Eagles fans that are, you know, oh, well, Wentz is making $28 million by not doing anything. It's like, yeah, but that's not his fault that Howie Roseman signed him to an extension either. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, listen, if if you hadn't signed him, guess what? In the fourth year of the contract, he would have been a free agent. And then guess what? He's off your books. But you decided to make this commitment to a player, which you called your franchise quarterback. 
So now these are now the, I guess, you know, like, you know, the whole, I guess the small negatives per se along the way that you hope won't happen. But now you can't just all of a sudden cut the player because no, no offense. Let's need, listen, we've known him to be a gambler, right? I mean, he's traded players for first round picks and guess what? Those things, I guess, as a fan, you value, right? Cause you know that your guy wants to win. Your team wants to be um, up there at the top year in and year out. But when things like that don't pan out and you sign this quarterback to be a franchise guy in your, on your team, and all of a sudden, these types of stories leak out, and it becomes quite clear that you don't really want him anymore. That's quite a problem. And I'm pretty sure, you know, Stan Kroenke, he's not happy about the whole situation right now, especially when you had just moved into a new stadium. Yeah, it's kind of funny because I feel I feel like the other team in L.A., the Chargers, are going to start getting a little more shine than the Rams might because they've got the brand-new hot young shot quarterback coming in they're playing in LA they've got the new you know head coach that had a phenomenal year coaching the defense for the Rams so it's kind of interesting to see that shift because I feel like that's going to happen pretty soon if the Rams don't keep up um uh, we'll go ahead and move on just sticking a little bit with the quarterbacks because right now that the state of the NFL is wild I don't remember as a fan the state of the NFL being in such a flux at the quarterback position as it is right now. It reminds me a lot of if you've ever played Madden, you at least me personally, I always have at least one franchise that I created where I went in and I said, okay, I'm just going to turn on fantasy draft and I'm going to build my own team and I'm going to draft all my own players. And then you basically reset the entire NFL. Everyone's on a new team and blah, blah, blah. And it kind of feels like with quarterbacks, that's almost happening right now because there's a lot of teams that have question marks at the quarterback position, which usually that's the one position that everyone is solid on. But this offseason doesn't look like that's really going to be the case because right now, if you include the Rams, the Packers, the Eagles, the Bears, Lions, Texans, Panthers, Steelers, 49ers, Dolphins, Patriots, Jets, and Washington all have question marks at the quarterback position. That's a lot of teams. So, you know, the Packers deal, we don't know where Aaron Rodgers is going to go because that press conference he had after the playoff game was really up in the air. And there's been a lot of talk that he might not come back. And I've seen Rams fans on Twitter being like, yep, he's coming to LA. I think that'd be (laughs) crazy. I I don't buy that. Uh, The Eagles, obviously the Carson Wentz and Jalen Hurts thing, I have I haven't seen anything on this, but I do know that there's got to be a problem there because if you have two quarterbacks, you don't have one. That's the old saying, and and I believe in that. So well, I don't Nick, know what the what team's gonna do. About? Nick, what are you talking about? The new head coach, you know, he said it last night, man. Like they got two great quarterbacks on the roster. All right, not no. many teams have that. You no. know. <laughs> That's why that that you know? phrase exists for a reason. If you have two quarterbacks, you don't have one. Um, so who knows what the Eagles are going to do with their quarterback situation. I don't know if Hertz is going to get traded. If Wentz is going to, I don't know, but I, there's no way that both of those also, guys stay on the roster. Yeah. And also keep in mind, um, the Eagles have what the fourth pick, right? Uh, I think they the have pick. the sixth pick. I could be wrong though. I'm not sure. They definitely have a high pick. I know that. Um, the bears, Mitch Trubisky doesn't look like he's coming back. And uh, Nick Foles, not the answer. 
Uh, I don't think they're going to roll with Nick Foles, at least. The Lions, they've already said that Matt Stafford and and the team have come to an agreement that they're going to mutually part ways. And about 30 minutes before we hit the record button here, there was a late-breaking story from Jeremy Fowler of ESPN that Matthew Stafford considers the Rams a viable contender. He's willing to waive his no-trade clause to come to L.A. And apparently, L.A. has already had some kind of possibility or some discussions with Detroit. So that possibility now exists where it looks like Stafford could come to L.A. Um, The Texans, if you haven't been paying attention to the Deshaun Watson thing, he has already requested a trade, and he's unhappy, and he doesn't want to be a Texan anymore. A lot of Rams fans want him in L.A. The Panthers don't know if they're going to stick with Teddy Bridgewater. That's still kind of up in the air. I've heard some stories that they want to make a move. I don't know what the move would be, but I have heard that they're interested in making a move. As far as the Steelers go, Ben Roethlisberger, they've already said, hey, if you're going to stay here, you're going to have to restructure your deal. And right now he's saying all the right things, but that's still a question mark. Right now it's up in the air whether he's coming back or not. The 49ers, same sort of situation as the Panthers. They have Jimmy Garoppolo, but there's been a lot of rumblings that they want to make a move and they kind of want to move on from Jimmy. So. Who knows what's going to happen there? Same thing with the Dolphins. There's Apparently, there's a group of people in the organization that are very high on Tua, but there's also been some stories coming out from the players in the locker room that have said, hey, this guy ain't it. He doesn't have it. So you kind of have a split there as far as what the team thinks and what the front office thinks. So who knows uh, what's going to happen with the Dolphins? Apparently, when they made that move to Tua out of nowhere and took the reins from... Uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick that ruffled a lot of feathers in the locker room so don't know what's going to happen with the Dolphins moving forward the Patriots Cam Newton doesn't look like he's coming back so are they going to stick with Jared Stidham are they going to make a move don't know the Jets have um, I'm blanking Sam Darnold I was blanking on his name for a second they have Sam Darnold and the book is still out on him I feel like they should give him another shot, though, because Adam Gase is just a terrible head coach and a terrible play caller, so I feel like they should give him an an actual legitimate shot. But again, the question marks are out there. It doesn't look like they're completely sold on him. There's some rumblings going on there. And then the Washington football team, they drafted Dwayne Haskins in the first round, and they've already cut him. He's not on the roster anymore. Alex Smith health-wise, you don't know what you're going to get out of him. He wasn't even healthy enough to start their playoff game. So there's so much going on at the quarterback position right now in the league. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. No, and then, and then when you kind of think about it, right, this sets up for so much drama to happen either before the draft or even after. Because there's yeah. so many teams in contention and trying to get a quarterback. The whole point is, okay, do you go after a guy like Stafford? You you know inquire about golf. Where's Watson going to end up? And you have about three four quarterbacks in, in the draft alone with Lawrence, Justin Fields, um, the uh, the uh, the guy from um, Alabama. Um, so all those questions need to be answered at some point this off season. But again, you know now you got to throw in the name Aaron Rodgers in there, okay? And you know going back to a little bit with what you said though, um, Nick. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, in my eyes, they were already set. They just needed to have a quarterback at the helm. 
And, yeah, offensively, you know, they had a stack offensively. team. Offensively. And I listen, I, and I'm going to be honest, okay? Um, I was just in I was just in Goff's corner, but it was for that particular situation. You give me a guy like Matthew Stafford on this team, on this offense, with, you know, he can still sling it, okay? His, own, his only issue was that he didn't have a great offensive, you know, coach the whole entire time he was there, maybe a couple of times um, when, you know, the Lions were on the verge of actually making the playoffs, per se, right, with Common Johnson, and all of a sudden it, they all wet the bed. Um, but to me, Matthew Stafford, man, in this Rams offense, I think it can create a possibility where, hey, they can create something there, okay? Um, but as you said earlier, do you want to risk the future for that, okay? Because you're going to want to bring them in. How long will the contract be? What's going to happen with the cap size hit if you end up trading away golf, if that's the case? Because you can't just keep golf as a backup anymore, okay? It's, it's quite clear that Les Need and the Rams have it two ways. Either he stays as a starter or he's out, okay? There's no way Jared Goff is going to be okay with being a backup quarterback. Okay? Yeah, no shot. Um, no shot at all, okay? especially with the whole drama thing that happened um, during the playoff run. So if I'm the Rams here, and if you actually have this set plan in motion, okay, because I saw earlier today and yesterday that the Colts were the front runners for Stafford, and I don't feel like the Rams have been actually leaked out there because of the whole situation with golf. The Rams need to do this right now and do it quick and need to come to a decision. You cannot let this linger. The longer it lingers, okay, the more questions are going to be brought out. Okay, is, you know, what's really happening in L.A.? Why is golf not getting along with his head coach slash GM? What is really the actual truth? So something needs to happen rather quickly because, as we all know, the Senior Bowl is happening right now. And the next thing you know, it's going to be um, the NFL Combine. And right after that, there comes the NFL Draft, okay? So these teams, especially, in, you know, you even mentioned it. How many we got? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve football teams in the National Football League don't even know who their quarterback is going to be. Twelve. Right? And you might as well put the Rams in there. That's 13. Yeah. <laughs> and and you could also as I can mention. <laughs> yeah, and you mentioned the Colts too. You could also throw the Colts in there too because Philip Philip Rivers is has retired and they do have right. Jacoby Brissett. I believe he's still under contract there. And he has shown mm-hmm. that he can be a, a decent starter. So yeah, but you can make the argument when a playoff game with Jacoby, you know, come on. Yeah, that's the thing that. is you can make the argument that he's not a starter. So mm-hmm. that's another team that just, you know, what are they going to do? Um, so that's just my thing, Nick. They need to realize what they want to do and start doing it now, please. I, I, I think it's they they owe it to the fans and they owe it to especially to Jared Goff if he's not in their future plans. Don't wait. Don't let this linger. And the same thing I also think in the Eagles-Wentz situation, right? If you know, if you already know by now that Wentz is not going to be in your locker room, right? You should be right now figuring out possibilities of how to, you know, make a trade happen per se, right? Or whatnot. But I also know in Wentz's contract, you can't trade him to a, you cannot trade him until before a certain day in March because then you'll owe him like another $28 million or something in a cap hit. I don't know golf's contract situation, but I'm pretty sure maybe there's something in there as well that maybe the Rams have to wait right until March, which is right before the draft and where they work out some type of money situations here and there. Cause if not there, their cap hit might get hit hard. And listen, we've already seen it with this team, Nick, where 
you know, letting go of Gurley, trading for first round picks for future players that are not longer on this roster is totally unacceptable, right? So they need to figure it out and they need to figure it out quick because they have a championship defense in my eyes on their hands. So they need to figure out what to do at that quarterback position. Yeah, I um, I feel like if they're going to actually trade him and get something of value in return, I feel like they're going to have to wait until the draft. And I say that because the Rams right now don't have a 21 or a 22 first round pick. But once the draft starts this year, teams are eligible to then trade their 2023 picks. So at that point, once the draft starts, the Rams will then have their 2023 first round pick available. So I feel like the draft would probably be the time when we would see a move made where the Rams could do some kind of package where they put Goff and a future first round pick together and ship that to somebody. But I feel like at the same time, the longer this goes on, the less trade value he has because other teams that less need and ever and, and the front office, all these teams they call and they're going to be like, Hey, are you interested in golf? The longer this goes on, those other teams are going to be like, well, clearly you just want to get rid of them. So you got to give us more than just golf. You know what I'm saying? Like they're going to try and fleece the Rams for everything they got because the Rams have made it clear. They want to move on from him. So they don't have a whole lot of trade capital or, or, you know, trade bait here. The teams know that, they want him gone. So I feel like it's going to be hard to move him for multiple reasons, but I feel like their best chance would probably be at the draft when they actually have a first round pick to throw in the deal. Um, but I mean, we'll, we'll see. I feel like the draft is going to be a, a, a while. I think this draft could be wild because I feel like there's going to be a lot of trades happening. It seems like the NFL has started to turn into baseball where in baseball you know we're used to seeing trades happen all the time it's not uncommon for the trade deadline to see 15 20 players switching teams in football that's usually not the case there's usually not too many trades that go on but it looks like it's kind of trending that way the past couple years with guys like you know we saw ramsey got traded um it, it just kind of looks like the league is shifting more towards Hey, if we just make a big trade, we can go to the Super Bowl. Look at the Buccaneers. So, I, I feel like the the draft this year could could be a hell of a show. We'll see. Um, the Rams continue to lose personnel. It's getting almost comical at this point. We had we had already lost Brandon Staley, and now more and more guys just keep on going. We lost Brad Holmes. He's now the um, assistant GM in Detroit um, or sorry, Brad Holmes is now the GM in Detroit and Ray Agnew, another personnel. He was the pro player personnel from LA. He's going to Detroit to be the assistant GM. So you would think now there's kind of another connection there. If the Rams and the lions wanted to make a trade, you now have two guys from the LA organization in the front office in Detroit. So, Obviously, they know L.A. They know Jared Goff. So it kind of looks like if the stars all align, Goff and Stafford would be switching places. And it would make sense because, like I just said, the Rams have staff now working in Detroit. But who knows? Maybe I'm reading too much into that. But kind of have to connect the dots on that one. It's kind of hard to ignore. 
The Lions also hired a former Rams quarterback cornerback coach, Aubrey Pleasant, as a secondary coach and passing game coordinator. So another L.A. coach going to Detroit. Seattle is hiring Rams passing game coordinator Shane Waldron for its offensive coordinator job. So he's going to be replacing Brian Schottenheimer. And L.A. Rams assistant offensive line coach Andy Dickerson is also going to Seattle. So we just keep hemorrhaging front office personnel and coaches. Um, also, I, I forgot to put in my my little notes here. I just remembered we're also getting a new special teams coordinator, uh, Joe DeCamillis. So that's another position that is getting changed moving into this new season. Um, apparently, John Bonamego is going to stay with the team as a uh, like an advisory sort of role. Um, but we will have a new offensive coordinator going into next year. So a lot of change happening with the Rams. There's a lot going on for this offseason only being about two weeks old. There's a lot going on with this team right now. Yeah, Nick, but it's kind of frustrated when your defensive coordinator goes and becomes a head coach to, to your crosstown rival, and then you lose two key guys on the offensive side of the ball to one of the teams in your division. Oh, yeah, for I sure. Mean, I mean, I mean, you know, you know, like, let's be honest here. When Whitmore went down, did we even think that, you know, the offensive line could hold itself? No, I mean... You know, those were questions that, you know, we were heading into Monday night against Tampa and we were like, man, like this offense is going to have to change, right? Because you're missing one of your key leaders left tackle there um, that creates everything on offense that, you know, with him there, you can call so many plays, right? That you, you don't have to worry about blocking schemes or or pass protection, all right? But then when Seattle hires the, <laughs> the passing game coordinator, you know, okay, and then all of a sudden the assistant all-line coach as well. And we all know that the one issue that, that the Seahawks had all last season was that they couldn't have – they never established a consistent running game, right? It, everything was Russell Wilson, Russell Wilson, Russell Wilson. Um, that is that is disheartening, man, <laughs> I'll be honest with you, man, because um, if there's something that I did not want the Seattle Seahawks to have now is basically, you know, two coaches that on that side of the ball – they were once yours. They're now, you know, on the, they're, they're coaching on, you know, on versus your rival, you know, <laughs> that's, that's kind of, oh man. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't like, I'm trying to find the words to put together. It's just, it's frustrating. Right. I mean, well, I'll, you, I'll tell you, you tell me words. that. Yeah. Like you mean to tell me that, you know, McVeigh and the front office couldn't figure out some ways to give these guys upgrades somehow, you know what I'm saying? Um, it's just, man, <laughs> I'll tell Jeez. you what worries me most about this. If you, if you think that this is not that big of a deal, just some passing game oh, coordinator, it's, oh, it's a yeah. big deal because mm -hmm. if you remember one of the biggest reasons why we can't beat the 49ers the past two seasons is because Kyle Shanahan knows Sean McVay's offense. It's basically his offense. They run the same schemes and same things. In Washington, right? Right. They both were in Washington, right? If I remember correctly. They both were on the same staff, yeah. And so they know that offense. It's the same offense. And now you have an offensive, the passing game coordinator going to Seattle. So if you don't think that the defensive coordinator and all the guys on the defense are going to pick his brain and pick up on all of the terminology, the audibles, the shifts, the, the routes – 
if you don't think that that's going to happen, you're wrong. So now Seattle has an in into our offense, which is not good because as we've seen, if you have a, a smart coach like Kyle Shanahan, they can exploit your offense and they can tell the defense everything you need to do to counter it. You also need to have the players in place. Obviously, 40, the 49ers have a lot of amazing defensive players, too. You have to have that as well. But they now are going to have an in to the offense, which that could be a problem. So I don't like that at all. Um, that worries me the most out of all the moves, honestly, especially like you said, any move you make inside your own division, that could be super sketchy, super sketchy. Um, before we get out of here, because I don't know what our schedule is going to look like next week, I'm sure we'll have another episode, but just in case we don't, in case something happens, I want to get your Super Bowl prediction on the record. All right. Um, are we going points? Are we going total win outright? We'll... I mean, you could do whatever you want. I know you're usually a points guy. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you you can do whatever you want. All right. Listen, I I think it's I think it's quite clear, right? For any quarterback, like to go once again back to the Super Bowl, and we're talking about here Tom Brady. Um, I think it's an unbelievable achievement. It's something that, you know, I, I don't remember another player of his caliber, you know, going on another team and making it all the way to a championship like this, um, you know, because MJ has six with the Bulls, maybe LeBron because he's won it with the Heat and the Cavs um, and now with the Lakers, right? But we all know that, no offense, like, you know, in, in the NBA, um, you know, a group of three guys can just be together on one team and, they'll probably win it, right? Um, in the NFL, it's very difficult to do this, right? Um, and I'm trying to remember our conversation going back to the offseason when we said, man, you know, Tom Brady without Belichick, Belichick without Tom Brady, um, who will have the most successful year? Um, I don't remember, I don't really remember what answer I picked. Um, I'm pretty sure I picked Belichick over Brady. And man, I, you know, this is kind of tough, right? Because when you look at his as a whole, you have Tampa Bay hosting it for the first time ever for any team in its home city. And you have the defending champions, man, coming into town with no left tackle. Um, I think they have one more injury along the offensive line. Um, yeah, both you know, their starting tackles won't be able to play in this game. Yes, and that hurts. I mean, just ask Aaron Rodgers, right? I mean, every time he had a three-step drop, he was getting hit. Um, so that is going to be, uh, I think to me, what does Andy Reid do? Um, you know, cause as we all know with quick screens and with, you know, when you get rid of the ball so quickly as Patrick Mahomes can do that slows down the pass rush, but then those linebackers that, that Tampa has, man, I mean, um, you know, with David, um, and the linebacker from LSU and oh, amazing yeah. speed sideline to sideline. I mean, e e like, even if you want to throw screens to the running back or any swing plays, um, they're always going to make the tackle whether it's behind the line of scrimmage or not. So I think that this game comes down to which quarterback um, can create those extra set of plays, right? And not saying that Tom Brady can't, because Tom Brady has a heck load of weapons, man. You're definitely going to get back Antonio Brown with his speed. Um, you're going to have Mike Evans on the outside, Godwin, Scotty Miller, um, you know, Gronkowski. <laughs> I mean, the list can go on and on and on. But I think the Chiefs are going to look at the game plan that the Rams did against them on Monday night, right? And this is when I say that Andy Reid has evolved. Andy Reid 
has always was always stubborn in Philly. Always, always said, you know what? No, I trust my way. I'm going to win and lose with my way. But he's given a new role here um, in Kansas City, and he's been there for quite some time. And he's let Steve Spagnuolo, one of the best defensive coordinators that I have seen when the games have counted, okay? The Giants won those Super Bowls, not by offense, but because of Steve Spagnuolo's defense and the player personnel that he's put on the field. And this is when I say that Chris Jones, to me, it's going to become, once again, the havoc in, in the, on the defensive line against Tom Brady. And they're going to they're gonna show so many different looks in that secondary that I think it's going to be enough for Patrick Mahomes to do, you know, to do his thing and for the Chiefs to win another Super Bowl and become back-to-back champions. Um, so I'm going to put Kansas City wins it, I want to say, 34, Tampa Bay 27. I, based on what I saw last week, I don't see how anyone, anyone could beat the Chiefs right now. So I think this is the Chiefs game. I think they're going to repeat. And I think this team is going to be a problem for the league for the next couple of years because I don't see how anyone can compete with them offensively. I just don't. Mm -hmm. Even with Mahomes. All you had to see was the way that Travis Kelsey is able to run routes. And then you have Tyree Kill just doing his thing. I mean, Jesus, how, how do you, how would you possibly stop two of those guys? Right. And then the ability of Patrick Mahomes moving in the pocket. Yes. He might not be at 100% with the turf tone and per se, but we saw him right against one of the best defenses we've seen all year in Buffalo. And they were able to just chuck them. Down the field. I mean, they have, what, like nine scoring possessions out of ten? That's impressive, too, that that's unstoppable. Yeah, yeah it was a lot. Um, so I, I just I don't see how anyone could compete with them offensively. And their defense is playing really well. Even I didn't realize until I watched the game last week how good their defense is actually playing. And if their defense is going to play like that, then there's no shot. Anybody can beat them. There's just no way. So... I do think the Chiefs win this game, and I feel like this could be a blowout. I hope I'm wrong because I don't like those Super Bowls. I remember that, what was it, Panthers and Broncos, and that game at halftime was over, and it was terrible to watch. Well, well, Um, then how about the Seahawks and Broncos, or how about the Buccaneers and Raiders? Yeah, (laughs) like, I, I, (laughs) I think everyone wants a nice competitive Super Bowl, so I hope I'm wrong, but I feel like this game could get out of control just because the chiefs are firing on like all cylinders right now. So I do think they're going to win. I think they're going to repeat and uh, they are going to be a major problem for the next couple of years. And thank God the chiefs aren't in the NFC or in the NFC West. Um, so that's it for this one, guys. Thanks for listening. As always, we should be coming back to you next week. We'll do another episode because the way things are going, there's going to be stuff to talk about. Every week has provided lots of content, so I don't think that'll be an issue. And then uh, we'll definitely do a Super Bowl recap, and then we'll start getting into some of our uh, review shows. Like We're going to go back to some of the predictions we made before the 2020 season and see how right we were or how horribly wrong we were, and that should be pretty fun as well. So uh, thanks for listening, guys. We appreciate it. Take care. Have yourself a good weekend.